0: chooses Travis Shaw over anyone who's great? In an Adam Azer trade, the other team's getting paid. And ace to Chris is most guys number threes. Have any of these dudes ever won the podcast league? But they'll be there for you.
1: Good Monday, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is March 19th, and we are talking ADP, average draft position, risers, and followers. We're also going to catch you up on what you may have missed over the weekend. I am Adam Azer. He is Scott White. Hello, Scott White. Hey, Adam. And he is Heath Cummings. Hello, Heath Cummings. Hi, Adam. And he's Chris Towers. What up, Chris? What's going on? Did Chris and Heath change bodies now? What's no, happening? I still have Thankfully my Thankfully for Heath, No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get right to it. What's the most important thing that happened over the weekend that people might not know about, but we are on top of because we cover fantasy baseball. It rolls off the tongue. Heath, what is it?
2: Jorge donged again. Jorge Soler, six home runs, now in spring training. He's only striking out 25% of his plate appearances. He's stolen two bases. He's walked a bunch. Jorge Soler, I'm not going to say he's finally figured it out. He was awesome in AAA last year. He's had a very good spring at the very least. I hope he's bought himself a month at the beginning of the season.
1: Would you rather draft Jorge Soler or Randall Gritchik?
2: Yes. I, yeah, I like both of them. I've drafted both of them a, a ton. I, I'd probably lean Gritchik, He's in a better environment, but I, I'll tell you if I could only draft Shohei Otani as a hitter only. I'd rather have Solaire.
1: Okay. More on Shohei Otani in a bit. He's one of the biggest fallers in ADP. Chris Towers, the most important thing that happened over the weekend that people might not know about, but we are on top of because we cover fantasy baseball.
3: Tyler Glasnow is having a very good spring. Don't let the ERA fool you. He has a 32.8% strikeout rate and 8.6% walk rate. He is fighting for a rotation spot, and there is still probably not elite – fantasy upside but there is chris archer upside there tyler glass now Pirates
1: starting pitcher four and two thirds one run against the red Sox on sunday does have that 803 era but five walks 19 strikeouts and 12 and it was a third.
3: it was really one bad outing i think he gave up seven runs in like two and a third innings or something but other than that he's been very good the walks have been down and that's going to be the key for him he talked about this after yesterday's start uh, he needs to control the inside of the plate and he actually thinks that his lack of command helps him in that regard because it can keep batters uncomfortable and that's what happened yesterday. He was working inside and that's a scary dude when he's working inside.
2: Effectively wild. I was, yep, yeah, I yes. was about
1: to say. When I was a scout, we used to call it effectively wild. Yeah. Uh, he's going, he's the 122nd pitcher off the board, Tyler Glass now. So, yeah, that's probably a guy that needs to go ahead of like, Jaime Garcia, Jordan Zimmerman, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd yeah. say so. Uh, I
3: don't know. Jordan Zimmerman is an opening day starter <laughs> for a
1: major league team. He is, but there's no point in drafting him. Draft Tyler Glass now with one of your last picks. Scott White, the most important thing that happened over the... Uh, you know what I'm going to say. What is it,
0: Scott? So I've gone back and forth on Jose Martinez pretty much all of this calendar year, Uh but... Back on the upswing, because Matt Carpenter, despite some thought that his early spring back issues would force the Cardinals to abandon the idea of playing him anywhere but first base, was already back playing both second and third base in Sunday's game. Um, And meanwhile, Jose Martinez started at first, hit a big three-run homers, had a huge spring, struck out only three times all spring. And they're... Acknowledging it's going to be really hard to keep his bat out of the lineup, and Carpenter himself was saying, you know, it's probably going to be contingent on him. Maybe Jed Jerko starts five out of seven games. Maybe Colton Wong starts five out of seven games, and then there's room for Jose Martinez to start five out of seven games as well. That that actually doesn't add up because it's 15 games and 14. But <laughs> I would think, um, I would think if Carpenter's willing, like. Jerko and, and Wong. Jerko and Wong are worse hitters
2: than Martinez. So. And from, from what I remember going into last year, the reason that they tried to just keep him at first base is because Carpenter was not willing. Mm-hmm. But I don't, maybe he'll change his tone now.
1: Jose Martinez last year was the spring training superstar among them anyway. He had a 1248 OPS. He batted 380. He had twice as many walks as strikeouts, four homers. Martinez is 29 years old and he had a 309 batting average with 14 home runs. Last year, and he just destroyed lefties with like a 1300 OPS against lefties.
0: Um. Yeah, that's gonna be the easiest way. Just sitting, sitting long against lefties and starting Martinez instead. But, but you
1: know, Scott, I, I think the big story here is, is Carpenter and the eligibility that he could pick up.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's true.
1: Yeah, so, like, Martinez, cause it's such a deep position. Martinez is, is what at this point? Like a waiver wire guy? You're not drafting him in a mixed league, are you?
0: I think in a five out because he's eligible in outfield okay. too. I think a five outfielder mixed league, he's rare late round batting average help. I think very likely batting average help because his his batting profile, you know, should make him make him You know, he's a, like a potential batting title contender.
1: Okay, so that's Jose Martinez, and then Carpenter would really be a nice boost if he could get some second base eligibility, even third base, just to have the position flexibility like we had last yeah. year with him.
3: But we all think that he's a value at his current ADP, just with first base eligibility. Uh, yeah, which is what, like round
1: fourteen or something crazy, like yeah.
0: That? ADP yeah, boy, d- depending depending where you're drafting, uh, he's he's more favorably viewed on our site than most. Uh,
1: okay, actually, I have that ADP up. Matt Carpenter is 123rd overall on our website in points leagues, which is his better format, which is still like pretty good. Yeah, still, um, that's around. still
0: way like for points league. That's way too low.
1: And 142nd overall in Roto on our on our website. I mean, if he's second base eligible, like where would you take Matt Carpenter?
0: Um, I mean, he'd probably be like in a in a in a Roto league. He'd still be behind like Whit Merrifield for me.
2: But uh, he'd be top uh, ahead just for for reference. Eight.
3: DJ LeMahieu is 110th right now at second base.
2: I think the int- where it gets interesting with Carpenter is the Ozzy Albie's Daniel Murphy range
3: and
1: Cano too. Like, I, I feel like wouldn't we rather and, have Carpenter than Cano?
2: For sure. I would, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And
3: Cano's 74th right now, which that he's a he's a a mover down. So is Daniel Murphy.
1: Cano's 74th. Uh no he's a little lower than that, Chris. He's in the eighties now.
3: I'm looking at uh consensus a d p oh right. fantasy pros, yeah, okay
1: on our website, Kano is ninety first in points and uh eighty seventh in roto all right and then the the important thing that happened over the weekend that you probably do know about is this Shohei Otani thing. He's just having a bad spring, and one of his former teammates from Japan, Anthony Bass, who's now on the Cubs, said Otani wasn't lights out in spring training when he played with him in Japan and he thinks that once the the bright lights come on or whatever, we'll see a different player. But, I mean, there's even some talk about Otani not making the team out of spring training and starting in the minors. Uh, He's not hitting well. He's not pitching well. Uh, And he's one of the biggest draft day fallers right now. He's down 14 spots. He's 90th overall, Otani, in Roto. He is uh, 82nd overall in points leagues. And pitchers are going really early in points leagues, but down 14 spots. And that's a big drop for a guy who's not injured. Where are you guys taking Shohei Ohtani right now?
2: I cannot imagine drafting him. Like that he's being drafted probably even after that drop four or five rounds too high for me.
1: Give me like an overall spot where you'd consider
0: taking Shohei Ohtani.
2: 100? No.
0: Thirteen, fourteenth 14th round? Oh, okay. Okay. I mean that's it like if things keep trending this way, that that does seem realistic that he could fall to that point. Um and you know like there there is a lot of excuse making happening in Angels Camp right now from basically um you know, Mike Soshaw on down. And uh like it it may prove to be valid. I mean Ichiro there's there's the famous story about Ichiro Suzuki his first year over how like he would just kept hitting dribblers down the third baseline and, and uh Lou Pinella started to worry. Um and so uh he asked if he could do anything else and he like the next pitch he hit a ball over the right field fence (laughs) and it was just like all right this guy's fine i i think like i don't think it's quite that situation but like 23 year old who was tip top of his league a, a league where players who are usually the top of them are still very successful here um i don't know i i think it's easy to bury him and say bust already but like just wait and see. Like, there's still there's still a lot but of But don't draft here. him where he's being drafted.
3: I think this sure. is a necessary correction in his ADP, and if he keeps falling, then I'll be more likely to take him. But I was never going to take him where he was going.
2: Yeah, I, I in Roto, which I think is where I'm more interested, I had him at 150 overall before this weekend, and before the, seeing the quotes that he may not start the year in the major leagues. I The bigger concern, if you're drafting him in, like, a, a daily transaction league where you think you're going to get a bonus for having him as a hitter and a pitcher, I don't MLB is not really that into doing things that no one has ever done before or no one has done in a really long time. And this was kind of a unique situation where a team, he said, I want to do both of these things. I don't think it takes very long at all of him being bad at both before they want him to focus on one.
1: Uh, Well, okay, so are we at the point where you take Luke Weaver, who's having a really good spring, as a 34th pitcher off the board over Shohei Otani?
0: I'm not sure yeah, I yeah, I may have had it what rank that way already. Um, okay. I'd have to double check. But yeah, I would.
2: In a league yes, I would. Trevor Bauer. I think that's yeah, a good spot. Definitely yeah, in points. So. Definitely in so. points, not in Roto. Johnny Bauer. Cueto. Absolutely. Yep.
1: Yes. Jeff Samarja.
0: For yes. sure. <laughs> I might I might hedge on that one. That might uh that might be the breaking point for me.
1: Okay. All right then. Uh that's uh some of the major storylines over the weekend. We'll talk more about it later in the show. We'll try to read your emails. We have a busy show today, so I anticipate pushing a lot of it to tomorrow. I want to try to talk about our 15-team Roto League. I strongly recommend, Heath wrote the article up, that you, you go on the website and look at the 15-team Roto League because it was 30 rounds, right?
0: 30 rounds, 15 teams, 450 total picks.
1: 450 total picks. So if you play in deep leagues, AL like a shallow AL only, a shallow NL NO only, or a deep mixed league, there's going to be some useful stuff in this draft. It was a bunch of like industry writers, analysts. So, you know, I think it'll be very helpful. I actually really enjoyed it and maybe we'll talk more about it tomorrow, but we'll try to touch on it a little bit today. But I just think if you go on the website and check it out, you'll get a lot of useful information if you play in deep leagues. This podcast has not done a good enough job for our deep league listeners. You know, my problem is most people don't play in deep leagues. So I don't want to do a whole episode that's going to. Be for like 10% of our audience, but I still need to, you know, cater to you a little bit, and I apologize. So we'll try to do that this week, but definitely on the website. Now, if you want some March Madness highlights, and oh, my gosh, what a tournament this has been. And also great analysis, or you just want to get ready for the NFL draft or baseball season, the NBA playoffs. You got it all on CBS Sports HQ. It's part of my morning routine now. I turn on my Roku. I start watching CBS Sports HQ. Just download the app on one of your connected devices. It's Roku. Uh, Amazon Fire. You know, you know how it is. Any of those, uh, those apps on the connected devices. It's a brand new 24-7 streaming sports info channel. Getting some great feedback from our listeners. Uh, it's always on and is completely free. So it's CBS Sports HQ. You can actually check it out at cbsportshq.com. Scores, news, highlights, really smart analysis. And for me, it's basically what I missed from when I was growing up. Watching great sports shows. We've got that back now with CBS Sports HQ. So check it out. Alright, your news and notes. Zach Greinke will likely start the third game of the season, and Marcus Stroman plans to pitch on April 1st. But to me, they're a little bit different, guys, because Stroman hasn't thrown a spring training pitch yet. It's, oh, he, uh, he, yes,
2: he
0: did. He started against the Canadian junior national team over the week. Oh, okay, yeah. oh okay, okay.
1: Well, okay, he didn't accumulate any stats on MLB.com, then. I, yeah. I apologize. He didn't pitch against a major league team. But, um, I don't know, do, do they feel a little bit there? Like, I'm a little more, Forgetting no. the fact that obviously Granky's better than Strowman. He's yeah. got, Granky has more spring training work and Strowman had a arm injury. Well, but that's,
3: that's only because Granky's injury came after he got a couple starts. Yeah,
1: out. but they're on the same timetable. You like, yeah. I, I feel like Granky's not going to miss as much time as Strowman did. Am I wrong? Am, are you guys doing them the same?
0: Gonna, I think they're both going to make it, their first turn.
1: They are, I know, but, but does it I seem mean, rushed for Granky or, 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 or for Strowman rather? I
3: just, if Granky had injured his groin in the first start and miss
2: two weeks, he'd be at the exact same point. If Grinky hit, I, I think the rather than the timetable or how much work grinky has got in spring training, the fact that Stroman's is a shoulder and Grinky's is a groin yeah, makes yeah. me war, more worried about Stroman. Sure, was, fair.
1: And, and Stroman is an ADP follower as well. He's 14 spots down. Um, now 112th overall. And you don't know what his real ADP is because if he's falling 14 spots, maybe he was going in the 150s or something like that and um, and it's yeah. just you know what I mean, it's the average is now 112th overall. Where would you take Marcus Stroman? It's, I, I say it all the time. Probably a a difference in points versus categories or Roto. Where'd you take Stroman?
0: I mean, I I the the ADP still sounds fine to me. I think i i've been finding you can get him lower than that like you're saying so the, it's, it's he, he seems like good value people have been a little over concerned
3: put context to put a little more specific context on uh n f b dot national fantasy baseball championship you can actually um search for a d p based on a time frame so i just did just this weekend friday saturday sunday and his a d p during that stretch it's sixty something drafts is one fifty eight He's a steal at 158. Well,
0: those are all Roto Leagues.
3: Right, but he's a steal in Roto at
0: 158. Mm -hmm. He is. Yeah. No, I I agree. And, you know, probably needs to go, like, probably a steal three rounds earlier than that and head to head points league.
1: Yep. All right, that's Marcus Stroman. Jared Eikhoff is out six to eight weeks with a strained lat. Is there a significant fantasy impact here?
3: Nick Pavetta. Uh I believe. (laughs) I know he had an ADRA last year. But the stuff's really good. It is
2: good. It really he is. He is
3: free. He gets a lot of swinging strikes. If he just improves his command a little bit, he
0: could be a, a good pitcher. He had a good start on Friday. This is his first. He's been, first good start.
3: He's been getting strikeouts though. Yeah. That's what he does.
1: I made Scott pick up Nick Pavetta in the, uh, team we, on the team we shared, the 16 team squad that we shared last year. It didn't work it out. Awful it didn't year. work out. <laughs> Uh, Minnesota shortstop Jorge Polanco is suspended 80 games for PED violation. Is there a significant impact here? Eric,
2: Ibar, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, let's see. Jason Vargas, Met starting pitcher. He broke his hand. He needs surgery, but he shouldn't miss much time.
3: Yeah, I saw, um, Drew Storen had this same surgery on his glove hand, and it's the glove hand for Jason Vargas. I think in the 2015 spring training, he was back on the mound 14 days after. Uh, having surgery, so okay. could be the
0: same timeline for James. Got to be an automatic out, right? When he comes up to bat, <laughs> Damn, I would assume he already so, was. Yeah, just, uh,
1: <laughs> just hold that bat out. And it looks like Stephen Matz is going to be the fifth starter there, and not Wheeler at the moment. Tampa Bay outfielder Malik Smith may not be ready for opening day. He's not even a starter for the Rays. But were you looking at Smith at, at all in for steals?
3: Sure. Yeah, he would have been a good source of steals uh, if he can get playing time there.
1: And Jose Ramirez left Saturday's game with a bruised ankle. I haven't seen anything since. Not a big deal, right?
0: No. Not not yet. No, he's going to get – I think I saw a report he was going to get – offering some kind of timetable just a couple days. All right, it's Jose Ramirez.
1: And as if Heath couldn't love the Milwaukee Brewers because of Miller Park and the slide and the sausages and all that stuff anymore. (laughs) Beer. Thank you and beer, yeah. Thank you to Jeremiah Russell on Twitter for sending us uh the video. The the Brewers did a sandlot tribute and it was it's perfect. Am-
3: it was perfect. It's it was so great. good. Everything about it. <laughs> Eric Sogard as squints is phenomenal. Stephen Vogt as uh the great Hambino is it's all of it is great.
1: Yeah, and Christian Yelich plays Benny, right? It, which is perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. So well done, <laughs> Milwaukee Brewers. I want to remind everybody we will be uh, doing our podcast league draft on Monday, next Monday, our our podcast for the People League draft next Wednesday. And I will be announcing the winners on probably Wednesday, maybe Thursday's show. I have some haikus I'd like to read today. But let's do a DP review. Risers and fallers, thank you to Chris Towers for getting this information for me. Uh, Alright, let's start with a couple of Mets starting pitchers They are up Cindergard uh, seven spots up DeGrom, four spots up They're going to be the first two starters For the Mets uh, or, is or is DeGrom third? Uh, whatever it is DeGrom's going to be fine He's ready for for this first run through mm. So DeGrom is 34th overall in points And Cindergard is 24th overall in points And in Roto I'm not going to look up uh, Roto, they're just a little bit behind that But anyway, they're both having great springs Talk to me about these two Mets pitchers, DeGrom and uh, Syndergaard.
2: They are really good.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if if they can manage to stay healthy, which is not something that Mets pitchers do. Yeah. But if they can manage to stay healthy, I don't think there's any doubt that they're two of the best pitchers in baseball. Noah Syndergaard has the best chance out of anybody outside of that big four to be the best pitcher in baseball, I think.
1: You know, we got an email a while ago. I never got to read it, but I thought it was really interesting, and it was about It's from a Mets fan, and he said, the injury thing is is overrated because he threw hundred and eighty three and two thirds innings in his second season, and then he threw seven more in the post-season. so It was one hundred and ninety and two thirds. uh and then last year he ignored well, he like ignored the lat injury, didn't go get an MRI, whatever it was. remember, he was just being foolish. And it led to a bigger injury. Do you do you think that's valid? That maybe we're overstating Noah Syndergaard's injury concerns.
2: He throws mm-hmm. too hard.
0: Yeah, that's like, that's what I'd say. Like it's just it's just unnatural to throw that hard. And and like it's one of those things where uh, like it's it's inning for inning, it's great that you throw that hard. But when you're trying to accumulate 200 innings, as we expect for a pitcher of Syndergaard's calendar caliber, um. It you know, puts a lot of strain on that. And I'm not saying it can't happen. It's one of those things where you can worry about it and ultimately there's going to be one outcome and it may not be one that you know, realizes your concerns. But it's uh, p- particularly coming off a season where he threw like, what, 30 innings? Yes. You just, you just have to wonder how much his arm is going to be able to take. I, I
3: think that's probably true. On the other hand, he never had arm issues before last year. He had a lat injury, which is not really something that we worry about with pitchers. It's not like he has a degenerative shoulder. He he, he has fewer injury concerns than Jacob DeGrom in terms of the amount of times he's been hurt and the place that they've been.
2: Yeah. I would just say, like, even if the arm is bulletproof, the lat injury, those types of things from exerting the type of effort and throwing as hard as he does. And sure, I, I think. Like we generally admire the "I'm not going to come out of the game, I'm going to play through sure. this injury" thing, but that can lead to more serious injuries, especially for a pitcher. Sure, he should come out of the game, and he if is he's more hurt. likely to. Like, I don't think there's any doubt he is more likely to just say, "No, I'm fine." Maybe I, I don't know. Like, we really, which is not we're, necessarily bad. We're guessing. Like, we're we're totally guessing. Oh, well, he did it last. It, year. it happened we once. We know, right?
0: We're guessing like, most of the time with injuries. He had,
3: like, I think. Almost 200 innings in 2015 between the majors, the minors, and the postseason. He had 193 in 2016. You just, mhm. I, yeah, I mean. He's as, he's more of an injury concern than your typical pitcher. I don't think he's more of an injury concern than Madison Bumgarner right now.
1: Uh, okay, so that's Noah Syndergaard. I, t- I, I don't play in any 10 team leagues, but I'm more willing to take some chances in 10 team leagues. I just find I'm too big of a coward to take Cindergard.
2: Y'all play scared.
1: Yeah, I do play scared. I guess I would need people to take like Degrom, Carrasco, Severino all off the board, and then I probably take Cindergard. But in a ten-team league, I might take him ahead of those guys because I don't know. I fun. don't know
2: why we would think that Severino is less likely to get hurt than Cindergard. I've, I've
1: been saying that. Like, they, they're he's similar. He th- throws too damn hard. He had a big innings increase.
2: I don't know why we would think Carlos Carrasco's li-
3: like Carlos Carrasco has had sh- arm arm injuries in his career.
1: He's done it one time. That's a good point. I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe I shouldn't be so afraid of Syndergaard.
0: Well, not – no. I mean, not if you – like, I, I feel like Verlander is a safer bet for the big innings total we want from a pitcher we draft that early. I feel like Cranky is, even in spite of this groin issue. Well, and that's why I, I, I rank Verlander and Grinky ahead of all of these guys in points.
2: Yeah, yeah. And um, Roto,
0: give me Syndergaard. I do feel like Bumgarner's safer, too, for that big – like, that's part of it, too. Not just, oh, he could get hurt, but – like I, I kind of am at a place where until I see somebody throw 200 innings, I'm not just going to trust that they're able to throw 200 innings. And you know, Guard's one of the few of that group who hasn't yet. Uh, though he's, to be fair, he has not missed by much. But uh, I, it, I, I would expect the I would expect the odds are long coming off the a year where he hardly pitched at all.
1: All right, let's go to uh, the next guy here now. Some of the movers are really injury-based. Uh, like Shohei Otani is down 14 spots. Robinson Cano is dealing with an injury. He's down 8 spots. But there's two RPs. They're the 4th and 5th relievers off the board in both points and Roto. And they're going around 90th overall in both points and Roto. And they're both falling. Uh, that would be Corey Knebel who's down 7 spots, and Roberto Ozuna, who's down 10 spots. And what do you make of this? Is this just People prioritizing those RPs less, because I don't think there's anything that those two specifically
3: have done I, right? I wrote uh over the last the end of last week that Cork and Abel was probably being drafted too high. Oh, it's um, your fault. Chris, it. Chris, <laughs> Chris moves the needle. <laughs> but I I don't get Roberto Ozuna. Like he's got an established track record of what, three years as a high quality closer. Cork and Abel's done it one time. So I, I think that one makes sense. I think that's a little bit of correction that was needed, but Roberto in, I don't get. I think he's actually a value. Well, I don't
1: know if he's a value at the fifth as the fifth closer off the board. Doesn't that seem?
0: Well, doesn't that, there, just, that tells you about we, the, tier, yeah, the drop in tier? We don't think
3: there value. are more than three reliable closers right now,
0: right? Right. right so, like, even, why would you? One of them Chapman, who wasn't reliable last year. Yeah. So that's that's. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the position. Why right, we, right. at least on this site, have been pretty consistent about not paying up for closers. You know, maybe making an ex- exception for Jansen and Kimbrell, but that's about it.
1: Right. Uh, Jansen's going 40th. Kimbrell's going 48th. Chapman is going 65th. And then you go into the 90s, basically, to get... It's really, you know, Canable's probably going to go 4th. And then Ozuna, I don't know that he'll go 5th in, in, in even half the drafts. It's, it's a personal preference thing, because Ken Giles goes after that. Um, Cody Allen... You know, it's a big these tier, right? So these are all, right? these are all guys who
3: have the talent to jump into the like truly elite tiers, but we just with Knable, with Giles, we haven't seen it for more than one year at a time. But what is it? What I'll ask you a question that I already
1: know the answer to, that you will also. What is it that Ozuna does not have that all those other guys do have?
0: Well, I mean, if you're talking about the very top guys, he's not going to average 15 strikeouts per nine. No, I'm talking um,
1: about Ken Giles, Corey Canable, Cody okay. Allen.
0: Uh, well, I don't I mean I don't really think he's like, not going to match Canable in strikeout rate. Either. It's say it's I mean, it it's
1: depends. wins, it saves. It's the Blue Jays are the worst team by I far.
3: Really, they're not that. They might not be that bad in that bunch.
1: They look like the worst team.
3: I you don't think they're going to be that much the
2: Astros and Brewers. and
3: Okay, yeah, like the Astros for sure and the Indians. Well, the Indians Cody Allen doesn't get all their saves anyway.
2: Yeah, he
1: does. He gets almost all their saves. It he hasn't, just, an, it hasn't it worked some, out very. He well. just doesn't well, get saves. Just, they don't have many save <laughs> opportunities.
2: Yeah, um,
0: game I'm going to throw this out there for Ozuna. He had like eight blown saves last year, right, and almost lost his job at one point. Yeah. And, and you know, he that shouldn't happen considering how good he is. But there were some, there were some ties to some. Um, anxiety issues that, uh, were going on around this time. And, you know, you hope those are past, you hope those are behind him for reasons beyond even just baseball, but you never know.
1: Okay. So next up would be Charlie Morton. Uh, Charlie Morton on fantasy pros is 174th off the board. CBS, he's higher. We like him. 105th in points. Now keep in mind, starting pitchers just get pushed up in points. 105th in points. 139th for Charlie Morton in roto. Pretty interesting pitcher. Somebody I wanted to talk more about today. How do you guys feel about uh, Charlie Morton?
0: I really like him. And I'm always surprised to see how long he lasts. I feel like once you're outside of the, I trust this guy to throw 180 plus innings group anyway, and, you know, guys like Luis Castillo, Luke Weaver, um, Rich Hill, they're all outside of that group. Alex Wood. Once you get past that, I don't know that Charlie Morton is significantly worse than any of them. He has big strikeout potential. He was huge in the postseason. Obviously, a great supporting cast, um, and actually has demonstrated durability in the past. And it, you know, he missed time the last couple years with injuries, but it's not like it's a non-starter for him. So I like him. I like drafting him in the range he's going.
2: I'm probably the lowest guy on Charlie Morton, and it's just again a reflection of. The process that I go through when I do rankings, Charlie Morton was phenomenal last year. And if I felt confident that was the real Charlie Morton, then I would rank him much higher. But he's topped 160 innings once ever, and that was in 2011. He was never a strikeout pitcher before last year. I, I just hey, He's think throwing there's, his there's heart. Lot... Like,
0: there was a big velocity jump there. Right, right?
2: and he's 34. Mm-hmm. So I just don't know that I expect him to continue that for 150 innings again this year. I
3: will point out one thing, and that's Alex Wood's going about 25 spots ahead of Charlie Morton. And Alex Wood and Charlie Morton had very similar first halves of the season, but Charlie Morton actually sustained the velocity jump. But But Alex Alex,
2: Wood's going to pitch out of the stretch all the time now. Sure. So we're
3: okay. Charlie Morton actually (laughs) sustained the velocity gains that he had in the first half that Alex Wood didn't. Alex Wood was bad in the second half of last season. Yeah. And he kind of turned back into the Alex Wood that we had no interest in. Uh, between well, that Braves breakout in last year, yeah. he also had injury issues. He's had a ton of injury issues.
2: I'd rather have Charlie Morton than Alex Wood. Yeah, I'd rather have Wood. He's, what, seven years younger? He's yeah. He's thrown an ability to throw 190 innings in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Wood too. His best is better. I think that Morton's,
0: and I don't just want, like, with Alex Wood, it's, and I don't, maybe we shouldn't be getting off on an Alex Wood That's tangent, fine. but, um, like, last year wasn't the first year he was, a desirable fantasy option, right? No, but it was really just one half of last year, full season. Like he had a two seven two ERA for the entire right.
3: season. Right? Yeah, yeah. Full season statistics are more predictive than partial season statistics. But the second half, he turned back into the Alex Wood that he'd been for the last two or three years. I'm he barely really, struck uh... anyone out. He was throwing eighty eight miles an hour.
1: Well, that's interesting because, like, you look at the game log. His final two months of the season, he had a three thirty three ERA over 9 starts. Uh he had 41 strikeouts and 54 innings.
0: So I'm yeah, sure that, and, that's a and, and the strikeouts were down and that's worth noting. Yeah, uh, he w- he wasn't, but he, wasn't well, he wasn't the dominant pitcher he was in the first half, but His I just I see were bad. I see like two really bad starts and two kind of bad starts in the second half and the rest right. all look
2: good.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think pitching in the National League is favorable for, for personally. I mean, I I think that helps. I don't know how you guys feel about that. No, I that. agree with that. Yeah. A, a little bit. Yeah, okay, so, just one thing on Morton. This was a guy he did have a good year last year, but, you know, maybe this is more like, makes him more of a roto guy than a points guy. He, they didn't really let him throw more than six innings very often. He had 25 starts, in 18 of them, it was six, six innings or less. And in the playoffs, it was the same thing, but that happens all the time in the playoffs. And then, like, th- third time through the order, he had like an eight-something ERA, seven-eighteen ERA. Not to say that'll happen again, but that's what the case was last year for Morton. Uh All right, who else we got here is risers and fallers. JT Ray Amuto is down seven spots. Is there a reason for that? He just,
3: like, has been playing with weirdly defined injury issues in the spring, I feel like. Like, he hasn't been playing every day for the Marlins. He's in a terrible lineup. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Carlos Santana is rising up the draft board in points leagues. Makes as sense. he should.
3: I feel like that probably just happens every year with Carlos Santana, where people are drafting off default rankings, and then as soon as you get into the meat of the head-to-head season, people remember, oh, yeah, Carlos Santana's a
2: where, beast. Where is he going in points now?
1: I am the new ADP boy. He is going 118th overall, one spot behind Eric Hosmer.
2: Still way too late.
1: And then we have yep. the most overdrafted player in baseball history. Oh, boy, am I going to regret this? I thought we already this. talked about Otani. I am going to regret saying this. He's gonna have a monster year. Eric Thames, 119th overall.
0: Uh, round oh, yeah. 10 for Thames. That's, that's absurd, but like...
1: Wait a second, it's important. even worse! The next guy is Steven Souza! What the hell is going
2: on, people? <laughs> well, Souza
0: was <laughs> worth that last year. In a points league? He was probably not in a points league. With all the strikeouts? And uh, Thames,
2: seems... Thames
3: I think has Nice value in Roto because you're going to be able to benefit from the fact that he's going to not face a lot of lefties. Oh, that's he's points, though. Still gonna hit. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying is
0: he's being overdrafted in any format at that price, but I like him more in Roto. I, I'm just going to say it, too. Thames has an extremely favorable sports line projection okay. that I myself do not subscribe to. I subscribe uh, to Sportsline, and everyone else should too. <laughs> <laughs> that specific projection, I think, is awfully favorable, especially given the playing time concerns. Carlos Santana is going 161st in
1: Roto in our leagues and 118th in points. And I feel like I took him in the 70s or 80s last year in points. I don't expect him to be much different. He, he's a bad first-half player, so keep that in mind. Uh, would, you take, would you take Miguel Cabrera or, or, or Carlos Santana?
2: and points I'll take Santana
0: by uh, one, by yeah. one spot. <laughs> I mean I it's one of those things where I know I rank it differently, but every time I'm drafting and I'm in his point, at a spot where I can draft Miguel Cabrera, I don't. Like I I just he's one of those guys that I, I feel like I needed to see it sounds like, like Monster Spring production from to uh to to buy to totally buy into what in theory should be a bounce back season. I'm buying yeah. in. I'm buying in because cause yeah, you can well, get him in like the ninth round or something. Like so. if that's true, but I have yet to experience Miguel Cabrera's there in the ninth round still. And you know maybe that's just the kind of people I draft with, and everybody listening should ignore me. But also he's having true. he's having a pretty good spring.
3: He's not having a monster. Spring, no, he's he's having yeah, three
0: forty. He, he hasn't done hasn't anything wrong this spring, but yeah, there hasn't. How many home runs is it? One, Just one. But he only had one last spring. Yeah. Well.
1: (laughs) Scott, you should join an ESPN league. Miguel Cabrera is going
0: 121st overall. Yeah. I mean, that's it's obviously where we talked about this, I think, last podcast. Where his ADP is in some of these sites, there's really no downside. But the places where I'm facing the option of drafting him and the places where, like, in our standard points league, him versus Carlos Santana, as early as I think I'd have to draft Carlos Santana. To be sure, I got him. I'd rather draft Santana. All
1: right, a couple things real quick, and then we'll talk about some guys that are going later in drafts that are, are interesting. First of all, uh, please sign up for the Commissioner product on CBSSports.com and go to CBSSports.com/fbt. CBSSports.com/fbt. It's the best. If you're a serious fantasy baseball player, you need to be playing on on our website, CBSSports.com/fbt. You'll show a little bit of love for this podcast. And also show a little love for this podcast by downloading the SeatGeek app and using the promo code FANTASY. That will save you 20 bucks on your first SeatGeek purchase. Just got off the phone with my brother before the show started. He's buying Foo Fighters tickets. I'm very jealous. And he's using SeatGeek to get there. He's already used the promo code because he saved the 20 bucks. Promo code is FANTASY. But you're still going to use SeatGeek after you use the promo code because it's still going to save you time and money. Especially time, well, no, not especially either, but both of them, especially time and especially money. Uh, Basically what SeatGeek does is instead of you going out there and searching multiple ticket sites, SeatGeek does that work, work for you, finds the amazing deals, gets you the most bang for your buck because it grades every ticket based on value, and every purchase is fully guaranteed. That means you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Just search for an event, let SeatGeek do all the work, find the great values, buy your tickets, use that promo code, type in fantasy. Get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. I've got the app. I use it all the time. You should as well. SeatGeek, promo code FANTASY. That's 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Alright, Chris. So you gave me some really good stuff based on NFBC. Like what you said, you just looked at the drafts over the weekend and talking about, uh, deeper league players that we don't always talk about. Who's moving up or down? Who really stands out to you?
3: Uh, Dominic Leone, who is Scott, the report last week was that right now he would be the favorite for saves in St. Louis, right?
0: If the season started today was how the question was posed to yeah. John and, um the, But obviously the season wasn't starting today. I think it's worth noting Gregerson pitched this weekend. Mm-hmm. So.
3: Okay. And uh, so, so he's moved uh, up 138 spots over the weekend to 315. So still free in a roto league, free speculative option for saves. If you've already drafted, go pick him up. Uh, Amir Garrett and Nathan Ivaldi both moving up still in the 400s but two guys who have shown some interesting upside Nate Ivaldi you know throws really hard hasn't really done much with it coming off Tommy John surgery but playing in a great park in Tampa Bay if he can stay healthy there's potential there
2: and Garrett was good again over the weekend so yeah he was.
1: Amir Garrett, let me give you the, the numbers there on Amir Garrett, uh, red starting pitcher. Where are you? One Amir hit Garrett? in four
0: innings with four strikeouts for Danny the spring. Scott. He has allowed two earned runs in 13 innings with 15 strikeouts. Nine total base runners in those 13 innings. Scott White. It's pretty good. Thunder and he Stealer. looked
3: good at the start of last season before things fell apart, but he's young enough that you can, you can dream a little bit on it.
1: Okay. Amir uh, Garrett.
3: And, uh, two of the, We'll, we'll talk about three other big risers for stolen bases. the DeShield was up to 159th this, uh, weekend in FBC drafts. Now uh, you're, no, starting that, that's to get to,
2: you're that's starting still too low. You're starting to get...
3: Low. To, <laughs> it was too low last year too, right Scott? or Adam?
1: Uh, no, no, he wasn't guaranteed the job. I just wanna say this about DeShields. He's basically changed drafts for me. Like, if you feel confident that he's gonna keep the job, then I'm taking Nolan Arenado ahead of Trey Turner and and reaching for Delano DeShields.
2: I understand that. I have DeShields actually ranked a little bit higher than that at 141. I do think if he plays 150 games, which he never has – But if he plays 150 games, you're looking at probably close to 100 runs and 30 to 40 steals. And that's worth more than a 12th round pick if he does nothing else. Plus Trey Turner's dealing with
3: an ingrown toenail. (laughs) Oh, that's awful. So. He's nothing like Trey Turner. I mean, even if
1: they both steal their max amount of bases, Turner might have 25 more than the shields. But, um, he just frees me up. I'm Mm. not entirely sold on Turner third overall, which is, I'm totally like you guys are. And that's, I don't doubt, I don't blame you at all. But for those of us who, who just would rather take Arenado or Harper or whatever, like the Shields is a game changer for me.
0: Yeah. But that, maybe I'm, was, maybe I'm an
1: idiot. Maybe he's going to oh, be terrible and lose his job. I, I but, think you're right. I but what, what this viable. tells me
3: is that if you really, really want Delano de Shields in the drafts that we do this week, you might have to take him 130th overall. Now.
0: It's, it's one of those things. Yeah. I mean, the Shields is probably one of those players, um, Kind of like I I tweeted about Ronald Acuna over the weekend, like going to keep going earlier and earlier as we get closer to the season. Do
3: you know what his ADP was
0: over the weekend? weekend, Acuna? 94th.
3: 94th.
1: (laughs) I took both of them, by the way, on Friday in the (sighs) 15-team roto draft that we did. The Shields I took 159th, and Acuna I took... What is fifteen times six is is uh, about ninety? Yeah, okay. So, so I took him eighty. Him about eight, where eighty sixth overall or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and I
0: would it wouldn't surprise me if he starts going in the top seventy the closer we get Acuna. But to to finish my point about the shields, like the danger of banking on just this one player who's going to do everything you need him to do at a later stage in the draft is what if somebody just Reaches for him three rounds earlier than you're yeah. prepared to. So, like the the good thing about Trey Turner taking him third overall is it really takes the pressure off for steals. And you know that you I don't think you need as many steals as um maybe a lot of people think they do to to just be competitive to finish in the middle of the mm-hmm. pack in that category. So that's that's the argument against taking Turner there. But it just it's just such a relief to have those yeah. steals, steals
2: tied up early. And that 15 team
3: draft, Heath. That was the one that I ruined your. Your draft, right? By taking you, D.
2: Gordon and Starling Marte at the two, three, yes. Took Gordon in the second, Marte in the third, and uh, that was my plan. I fell behind on steals, and then I was going to take Delano Shields, and Adam took him right before I could. <laughs> but I still end up second in steals. So there's there are plenty of steals out there. So who I'm do you have? About
3: ADP? Oh, sorry.
1: Uh, well, yeah, no, I'm curious. You you didn't get the Shields. You didn't get Turner. You didn't get Marte. You didn't get D. Gordon. You're projected to finish second in steals. So how did you do it?
2: I am pulling up my team right now. What I did was sacrifice a lot of other categories. sabotaged his lineup. (laughs) Sabotaged my team, but I did get my steals. Um, My guy, well, and my steal total went down a little bit because I drafted Jorge Polanco, and then he got suspended. Lorenzo Kane, Oduble Herrera, Cameron Maben, Bradley Zimmer, Hernan Perez is my corner infielder. Jorge Polanco was on my team.
1: Okay. Uh, how do you feel? Do you like it? It's a 15 team league, so.
2: Uh, no, I don't like it. <laughs> I like my, the problem is I think that would work okay if I had gone with a more traditional pitching approach, but I don't generally do that in Roto. I didn't do that in this league. And so I'm already starting off in a position where I know in the second half of the season, I'm going to be chasing wins just a little bit and I'm going to be chasing strikeouts just a little bit. I expect to be ahead and saves ERA and whip but I don't necessarily want to feel like I've had to sacrifice offensive categories. Part of the purpose of that strategy is you get ahead in a bu- bunch of offensive mm-hmm. categories. And I, I couldn't do that because yeah. of you and Chris. Well, if
0: you weren't doing that specific strategy where you need that advantage in, in, uh in categories, like if you don't get one of the three Uber steals guys, you know, you, you probably shouldn't be aiming to finish second in the category. Like, and this is a second in a 15-team league, especially. Like, that takes
2: that takes a lot of commitment to the cause, like Heath needed. The now, cause. in fairness, like, I don't want you to think my offense is terrible. I've got Rizzo, I've got Arenado, I've got Dozier, and I've got Posey. So th- there's, a, there's a lot of offensive firepower. Yeah,
3: like, I, I was able to do what you wanted, I think. Like, my offense is really balanced. It's just my pitching is not great, and I'm going to have to make up for that. But I don't have the weaknesses on offense that that you had to build into your team. That's the advantage to get getting those guys, especially the guys who don't hurt you. Yeah. All right. So,
1: anyway, check that roto draft out online. I think we'll talk a little bit more about it tomorrow because I want to know. Is D Gordon and Starling Marte, is that overkill second and third picks? But we'll find out. Anyway, Chris, who else is big-time movers and shakers in ADP? Uh, Cameron
3: Maben is up to 306. That's 40 spots up. And Ozzie Albies is up to 105. That's another guy that you probably have to take around earlier than you think you have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hype built slowly for him in the offseason, but now it's really taken off. Humbert from both sides of the plate yeah, Friday. We all love him. He <laughs> He's, you know, per 150 games in the minors, there's a note about this, so I'll just say it. He had, He's averaged 39 steals per 150 games in the minors. Uh, he was on a 40-steal pace almost in AAA last season. He's been an efficient base runner, which is actually not true for Ronald Acuna. Ronald Acuna's stolen bases at like a 60% clip in his minor league career, so that'll be something to watch. And I think think Albies
0: has a stated goal of 40 steals. Yeah, that was the note. Oh, okay. You were building up to it, sorry.
1: (laughs) Okay, so that's Ozzy Albies who's moving up along with Acuna.
3: And the guys who are moving down, it's a lot of the injury concerns that we've talked about. Yuli Gurriel, Jimmy Nelson, Danny Salazar, uh, Glaber Torres, and David Dahl, because it looks like they may not have the role that we hoped. Shohei Otani down to 101 at NFBC, so he's falling even more. Um, Miguel Sano down to 129. They, he starts to get a little more interesting there. I think we all think he's being overdrafted at where he was going before. Uh, Domingo Santana down to 109 and Daniel Murphy down to 90th. So I would expect all of those guys to keep falling and Daniel Murphy feels like a really good value there. 90th. Like Daniel Murphy. Even with the injury concerns,
2: like if he, if he plays 140 games at his normal pace, 140 is the high side, Chris. He always plays that. He's a, he's a third round. Going to miss the first half of the season.
1: No, stop saying that. Look, there's obviously <laughs> I will, me. Stop risk. saying that. The, the national
2: Senate.
3: still uh, uh, is it Mike Rizzo. Is that the yes president? He's no Mike Tanner. Uh, he was. There were some quotes this morning. He was talking to the media, and he was saying, um, they haven't ruled him out but they're very, very close to doing it. But, yeah, like
1: they are they haven't ruled him out for opening day yet, Daniel Murphy. He's going to get ruled out for opening day. But how bad? I don't Uh, know. Maybe it could be really bad.
0: What round is that in a 12-team league, 90th overall? That's the end (laughs) of the eighth round, right? Somebody gives me grief on Twitter all the time I post. I talk in terms of round number for players. He's like, just say the overall number. But this is why I don't because when I see an overall number, I have a hard time translating it back to round. Just divide it by 12. I know, That's but. It's not so easy. <laughs> I can divide it by 10 easily, but by 12. It's just two more. Yeah, it's the middle of the eighth yeah, round. Especially when I'm scrolling through my Twitter timeline and I just, it has to pop at first
2: glance.
1: Um, do you like Domingo Santana? Chris, you're the D- D- Domingo Santana detractor. Do you like him at 109th? No. Does anyone?
2: Uh, yeah, I think 109th is far enough for him to fall. Okay, cool. So we got
1: about 15 minutes left. Here are some quick haikus. This uh I, I don't have any names, but they're fun. UVA alum, Friday night I was quite numb, don't make me more glum. They don't have to rhyme, guys. that was good. I liked it. All right, we have a couple of haikus that point out something that Heath says a lot and something that I say a lot. Here's the one about Heath. Podcast drinking game. Drink every time Heath says necessarily. I do. Wait, but is that enough cerebral syllables? Necessarily. Yeah, yeah. You do say that? I never noticed that. No,
2: I drink every time I say it. Oh,
1: okay. Uh Here's one. A peep drowns in tea. The world collectively gasps and says, why, Scott, why?
3: Yeah.
0: Exactly. Scott that's, puts that's what I'm going for. in his tea. It's disgusting. <laughs>
1: uh, all it's right, here's such a,
0: It's such a visual, though.
1: Here's the one calling me out. Fair enough, he says. Damn, say something else, Azer. No better host, though. I do say that a lot. Yeah, that's my, what I say when I have nothing else to say.
0: It's a good way to avoid argument.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Alright, here we go, last one. Would Chris Towers take Samarja as Super Ace to make Adam mad? Yes. Yes, he would. Fair enough, Chris. Fair enough. Uh, alright, so if we look at the 15 team roto league that I keep referencing, I just want to help the deep league owners out. Who are, I have a couple of picks from my team that I thought were good value, interesting players in deeper leagues. Did, do you guys have a couple pla- pa- uh, players on your teams or do you need some time? I can talk about my guys.
2: Uh, I said Cameron Maybin. I think if you're behind in steals late in the draft, he's an excellent option.
3: Yeah, I've got some. Alright, go for it. I'll go last.
2: Uh, Tyler Chatwood, I got him 266th
3: overall. Should win a lot of games for the Cubs. His home road splits away from Colorado have always suggested that he's a better pitcher than his overall numbers do. And, uh, that's a very nice landing spot for him. I think there's good value there. I got Jonathan LaCroix at 206th in a two catcher, uh, 15 team league. I also think that's nice value. Look. Jonathan Corey might just be as washed up as he looked last year, but he was making contact. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of success, but his pl- approach at the plate was solid. I'm willing to bet on that in the uh, in the 200 range, especially as my number two
2: catcher. I got Lucas Duda in the 29th round, the next to last round of the draft. Kind of feels like he, I, if he does what he's done, he's going to be a 30-homer guy. Uh, he's never really hit in a good park, so I'm not too worried about Kansas City and what it's going to do to him, uh, and that's really late. That's like pick 430.
1: All right, Lucas Duda. Scott, how about you? Got a couple guys?
0: I, I drafted, and I've been drafting him in a lot of five outfield leagues, Dustin Fowler in uh, round 22 of— 15 team league. Give me the number, Scott. I, like, I don't, they don't show the overall number in the draft room. <laughs> well, here.
2: 22 times 15 plus yeah, whatever okay. pick you were. <laughs> okay. No, it's
0: really 21. Easy. It's, see, that's the tricky part. It's 21 times 15 plus whatever pick it's you were.
3: 315 plus something. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: That, that was very good listening experience there, guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Dustin, Dustin felt like, why is he not getting more credit as a steals guy? He pretty much has locked up the center field job in Oakland. Like, I think he's good for 2025 20, steals in that role uh the money ball doesn't run <laughs> well they where did Roger davis spend the better parts of his career i and think that's i think that's false. they um, they
1: traded Sonny gray in, in part for him so hopefully they yeah. have big hopes for him
0: yeah uh i don't know why mike miner isn't getting more attention i i know we give him you know in the points league contest text as a sparp but just as a pitcher i mean he was a top 25-ish starting pitcher in fantasy in 2013 for the Braves before the arm issues really started to pop up for him. And I, and any, I feel like any time we have a guy who dominates in relief and then gets a chance to start, like, that's usually Hype City. And in Miner's case, he's semi-proven as a starter. I feel like uh, I feel like he's being overlooked. I'm happy to get him in around 25. Of the What's track. going on with him in the spring?
3: His, His last, last start, start like, was good. Seven
0: innings and three
3: three starts and... He hasn't pitched in nine days.
0: I don't know. Uh, a lot of times they put guys on the backfield to make yeah. a start. I know, and and so we just we just don't hear about it. Okay. Uh, but I, I haven't heard any talk of health issues or whatever. Um, One more, please, or none. That's whatever you're done. No, I have a couple good ones here. I'll, I'll go with J.P. Crawford, who for some reason, like. People don't want, even though he's going to be shortstop eligible soon enough and was a top 15 prospect forever. Had a really good finish at AAA last year. Doesn't strike out much. So, you know, I think there's power there. And I think with his bat of ball profile, he could hit for average too. And uh, in these 15 team leagues, I'm getting him the very ends of draft. So that's, I, I think he's more exciting than that.
1: Two guys I wanted to highlight is Drupal Cabrera, 357th overall. Is he that good? No, but he's eligible at second, third, and short. So that gives he's you some per- flexibility and deep leads. He's leagues. pretty
0: good. He's okay. Yeah, he's alright. He's, he's all right. a starter.
1: Yeah, 200. He hit 280 two, two straight seasons. Um, doesn't play all that many games, but is Drupal Cabrera, second, third, and short eligible. And I love Steven Piscotti, 274th overall. Look, well, he had big-time personal issues last year with his mother dealing with ALS. They traded him to Oakland so he could be near her. He improved his plate discipline last year. And Piscotti in 2016 was a really good player. Mm-hmm. So he's young. Don't give up on him. 274th overall. is pretty excited to get Steven Piscotti there. Tomorrow we'll talk about some players that we don't talk enough about. I have Tommy Pham, Hector Neris, Wilson Contreras, and more on the list. For the rest of this show, let's go through anything we missed from spring training. Uh, we talked about Acuna. We've talked about Soler, but two other outfielders are doing well: Jesse Winker for the Reds, Hunter Renfro for the Padres, and David. Uh, and then I'll oh, you know, we'll do a couple steals notes in a second. But Jesse Winker and Hunter Renfro. Now Win- Renfro is all homers, two walks, fourteen strikeouts, but five homers. Winker's having a very solid spring. Thoughts? Are these guys risers for you?
0: I think Renfro has some pretty clear playing time concerns because Andy Green, the Padres manager, has um, been effusive in his praise for Jose Perella and pretty much says they need to play him somewhere. And he can play places other than the outfield, but not very well. So, uh, you know, Renfro may be looking at a part-time role. And uh, remind me, who was the other one again? Winker. player. Yeah. I, now, I think Winker's just such a good hitter that he'll – Eventually, play that into a full time role. Um, I'm I'm much more enthusiastic about drafting him than Renfro.
1: Do they have a guy who could play center if Shebler—
0: Shebler is the backup center fielder.
1: I'm telling you, like there's that there has to be a little tiny bit of Billy Hamilton risk there
3: because he is such a bad hitter. <laughs> he's such yeah, a yeah, but hitter. he he's so good defensively he, too know, that that's going to keep him out there. I think. It, yes, I do too. I just it
0: it's in the back of my mind with him I, I yeah I I think they'd probably trade him before outright benching him well didn't they
2: try to trade him this offseason and really didn't get a lot of
0: I well traction? I mean but if it comes to benching him I think they'll be more willing to take less than they were aiming for and and it's not like Scott Shebler like he hits the
3: ball hard but his on-base percentage has been pretty bad in his major league career so I'm not sure he stands to be much of an upgrade on Billy Hamilton Fair
1: uh, all right, um, David Dahl has four steals, and Billy Burns stole four bases over the weekend.
3: Billy Burns. Billy Burns, his <laughs> his minor league career makes him look like someone who should be a good player. He's stolen 62 bases per 150 games at an 86% success rate. He has a 380 career on base percentage in the minors, but we just have no nobody wants. indication that he can hit in the majors.
0: Yeah, He's, he got DFA'd, right? and yep. is back on a minor league deal or something. No one took him, so he's there in a minor league deal. Yep, yep. So, yeah, no, forget no really Billy burdens. Burns. But David Dahl, that's an underrated part of his skill set, and I I feel like we're going to see him sooner than later. I I don't think we're going to see either him or McMahon to begin the year because Ian Desmond's been back playing first base a lot lately, and Parra's been hitting well since coming back from the hand issue. So, uh, I, I think they'll both begin in the minors, but we'll see them sooner than later.
1: Shortstop Cattell Marte for the Diamondbacks having a great spring. Victor Martinez is having a good spring. I doubt we care about that. Uh, maybe, I do. Maybe. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I've taken Victor Martinez multiple times this year. The batted ball data was still really good last year. Tigers? Well, for whatever
2: the batted ball data is worth.
0: <laughs> was there a Tiger who had bad batted ball data? I do not believe so.
3: Okay. Uh, but what I will say is, do we think something changed between 2016 and 17? Because the hard hit rate stuff when is not, older, com- I, th- I think, but so, the hard yes. hit rate stuff is not coming from Statcast. Those are different systems entirely. And Victor Martinez's hard hit rate was actually the same in 2016 when his results were good.
0: I don't know what it means, but
3: I don't think he's just completely done. I think it, there's a chance.
0: It's okay. I, I cite the Comerica spike and refute it based on what more conveniently fits my argument too.
2: We're so, <laughs> good. Uh, some pitchers. Oh, he was calling you inconsistent. <laughs> that is not a word well, all right, let's, let's, go, let's lightly. We're, let's we're, we're talk light. pitchers.
1: <laughs> uh, Tyson Ross, Jake Junis. Do you have interest in these? And Faria had a good start as well. I'm sure he's way ahead of the others. But Tyson Ross and Jake Junis are having pretty good springs. I mean, Ross, yeah, I mean, can't kind of come yeah, out Ross, of nowhere.
2: And Ross was somebody I, I liked a couple of years ago. I, it's good to see him getting back maybe to where he was. He is he and junas both are kind of in the same type of in this type i I don't know if he was drafted in our fifteen team thirty round draft he should have been who ross
0: or or both junas i'm I'm both. sure junas was and and that i've been i've been happy to take junas in those fifteen team leagues. It's just i haven't you don't get deep enough in the pitcher pool to take him otherwise, but I like him i think um in terms of called strikes, he w- was close to elite last year and is added. A second breaking ball, so it was already a pretty good one. I think. Uh, I think there's definite upside there, and uh, I mean Ross. Obviously, we know that too. He's coming back from thoracic outlet syndrome, kind of like Harvey is, and has gotten a lot of favorable pub, kind of like Harvey has this spring, but Junus hasn't was... gotten strike many, many strikeouts, kind of like Harvey this spring. So oh, sorry, Scott.
1: Yeah. Uh, Harvey like... was a 16th round pick in the 15 team league. Junis was a 22nd round pick, and Ross went undrafted. So let me give you some pitchers who were bad this week, this weekend. Dylan Bundy having a terrible spring. Uh, Danny Duffy having a terrible spring. Hyunjin Ryu having a terrible spring. Ronaldo Lopez and Michael Kopech were, and Kopech especially, were bad this weekend as well. Um, Bundy and Duffy are, prob- are the two really to start with here. Are you concerned about them? Are you moving them down?
2: I can't really move them down, I think, because I was already lower on them than anyone else is, and I'm not going to get any of them where I have them ranked. So I I think they were both being drafted too early. I think they were – Bundy was being drafted on what we think he could be more than what he is.
1: Bundy is 47th off the board. Duffy as as an SP. Duffy is, sorry, uh, 42nd. So they're both pick. actually, that seems kind of low. 163rd overall for Duffy. And Bundy, yeah, I, I, I haven't
0: gotten the impression Duffy's going too early at all. Both of them That's are players for me. Both of them are players I've moved down because it's become apparent to me I don't have to draft them as early as I had them. Um, but I feel like, and like Bundy's kind of different because it, it's totally dependent on how much he's throwing that slider cutter hybrid. If it's if he's using it a lot, he's good. If he's not, he's not. And we're just like we're, until the bell rings, we're not really going to know. Even when the bell rings, we're not going to know if he sticks with it. So, um, but Duffy, I feel like is. Like, there's some doubt to me whether he's 2017 Duffy or 2016 Duffy, but I don't really feel like he's just a bad pitcher, and I think it's just one of those spring and training he was, things.
3: he was pitching through elbow pain yeah. last season.
0: Yeah. And it would be like, nice
1: if— uh, pitchers are going to
0: be bad in spring training. It happens all the time.
1: It would be nice if Routan Eddardor would do something. He's having a terrible spring. He does have four steals. And also, Cam Bedrosian and Blake Parker were both bad on Friday. I don't know if they pitched Saturday or Sunday, but they they struggled this weekend. Uh that's pretty much going to do it, unless you guys have anything important to say about Rugnet Odor.
3: I'm, I'm not worried. I'm If people want to pass him up, I'm fine taking
2: him around 100. With his type of skill set, he's going to have hot streaks and cold streaks. It was very cool that I think they put him at second base and put the other Rugnet Odor at shortstop in a spring training game the other day. <laughs> so that was awesome. That is pretty cool.
1: And that's it for today's pretty cool show. Thank you all for listening. We'll come back tomorrow and... Uh, Let's do sleepers. We should do sleepers, breakouts, and busts before people draft this upcoming weekend. So we'll make sure we do that starting tomorrow. For Chris, Scott, and Heath, I am Adam. Talk to you then.